1: Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play.
0: Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical for foul. Out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett. says he can run the baseline. Hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive, gets it back out to him, long outside shot, short rebounded, May, it's over! Carolina has won the national championship! 89-72, and how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions! Matthews, off the mark, and this year, the confetti It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. I'm going to get you ready for Carolina and UCLA. That's coming up Friday night. Schedule tip time around 940 up in Philadelphia as Carolina will look to advance to the Elite Eight when they take on the Bruins. We're going to break down the Bruins, update you on some stats regarding Carolina, give our keys to the game, and pick the game as Carolina looks to con- looks to continue their run in the NCAA Tournament. Before we do any of that, we start every edition of a preview podcast, as we always do, with our Pod Thought of the Day. and It's the same as the last time we gave you a Pod Thought of the Day for the NCAA Tournament. It'll be the the three things that Carolina values itself on. What the program is built on, the foundation of Carolina basketball. Um, it's the same. It's the same phrase I tweet out before every game. I've got the shirt that the the, the school made a few years ago for one of the NCAA tournament runs. Um, and it's simply play hard, play smart, and play together. That was a phrase put together by Dean Smith back during his coaching tenure at Carolina, and. Um, we talked about last week if Carolina played hard, if they played smart, and they played together, they'd have a good chance to advance in the round in, 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 in the NCAA tournament. And they did that on Thursday against Marquette. They routed the Golden Eagles, and then, um, of course, we know on Sunday they played a really, really good thirty minutes. Brady Manick got ejected, the game changed, but they held their composure, and now they find themselves in the Sweet 16, taking on the UCLA Bruins, the four seed in the East Region. And uh, UCLA is coming in with a 27-7 and record. They finished second in the Pac-12 after going 15-5. and They made the Sweet 16 after beating Akron in a nail-biter in the opening round, and they got past St. Mary's in the second round. Johnny Juzang leads their team in scoring with uh, 15.7 points per game. Overall, they put four guys in double-figure scoring, Hami Haque, as a guy, we'll talk about a little bit more in depth a little bit later on the show. Averages 14 points per game. Jules Bernard, 12.7 points per game, and then Tiger Campbell, their uh, their point guard, averages 11.8 points per game as well. Um, and their their entire core is back after last year's run to the Final Four. Remember, last year they went from first four to Final Four, and they were a buzzer beater away from Jaylen, uh, against from Jalen Suggs against Gonzaga from taking that game into overtime and who knows, maybe advancing to make the national championship. So we know what UCLA is, what their what their brand is, what their fabric is. Mick Cronin's has done a fantastic job since he left Cincinnati for Westwood, an unpopular hire at the time, but has definitely proven to be the right one. They're a tough-minded team, they're a veteran team, and they're a team that, like this time last year, they're believing as much as any team in the country that they are primed and ready to compete for and to win a national championship.
0: Yeah, and it was one of the teams that we thought, you know, if they got to this point, that they were going to be in a prime position to be able to make, you know, some some noise as, as this tournament went along because we've talked about it so many times before, that experience not just in college basketball in general, but in the tournament overall is huge. And uh, look, that they, they have both. They have one of the most veteran teams that's left in this tournament, and they combine that with a team that made that deep run last year, and a lot of the guys are, are, are still there and still play very impactful roles for them. So this is the toughest test that Carolina is going to face uh, so far, and I'm going to be honest, probably in the first four games, even if they were to advance on to the Elite Eight, um, just because of how much experience is on this team, and You're right. I think Mick Cronin was a guy that was sort of frowned upon by the college basketball community, um, including yourself, uh, as, as a guy that just wasn't big enough for this job. And I think he's shown that... He is more than big enough. His coaching style is, is is a little hard-nosed, and that's probably what this team and this program needed, and it's working out really well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's some obstacles in the way for, for them. There's, uh, you know, some obstacles that have pretty much been in the way for Carolina all season long, and we'll see who's able to navigate their obstacles better in, in this matchup in the Sweet 16.
1: Well, one of the biggest obstacles that's, that's faced them all year long has been their health or lack thereof because uh, – no starter has played every game this year, so every starter has missed time through one reason or another, whether it was to injuries or, or COVID or, or something along those lines. So that's the reason why their record is 27-7, and and that's why they were a four seed. It's not because they're not a very good team in the Pac-12. No, they were a really good team in the Pac-12, but they weren't healthy from virtually the beginning of the season on, and um, as now they've made their way throughout the tournament, they still are not a healthy team, but a team that's 27 and 7 that went 15 and 5 in their league, you've got to be really, really good. And you got to be really resilient to to battle through all of those obstacles that this team's faced, and that's what they've done. Um, the biggest reason why is because this is a team that was that was motivated to come back and win a national championship, because they were so close to doing that just last year. Uh, Hubert Davis said yesterday when he met with the media that this team gives you know the same types of vibes that our seventeen team had, where everybody came back for one common goal. UCLA was playing for this time of the year all season long. not going to sit here and say they were getting bored during the regular season or they didn't value the regular season, but this is why everybody came back because they, they thought if they came back and they ran it back again, they'd have a legit chance to win a national championship. And you look at the way the bracket in the East has opened up, it's kind of anybody's game. Outside of St. Peter's, because you would imagine at some point the 15 seed, the run would luck out because the 15 hey. seeds never made the Elite Eight. Hey, watch it, watch it. So all, all three teams that of Purdue, Carolina, and UCLA, those three teams are feeling really good about themselves heading into this weekend. Uh, but especially a team that returns a core that last year made the run to the Final Four. Um, and and before the injury, to Hami Haques was starting to play its best basketball of the season, starting to get as healthy as they've been all season long. Let's look over to the Carolina side of things. Uh, they come in twenty six and nine record overall. They finished fifteen and five in the regular season in the ACC. They reached the Sweet Sixteen after routing Marquette and then upsetting number one Baylor in overtime. To sweet to to reach their thirtieth all time sweet 16, which is the most in college basketball, and Armando Baycott still leads this team in scoring and in rebounding as he continues to average a double double and uh, carry this team throughout the, their run to the NCAA tournament. But um, this is a team that you know coming off of the win over Baylor, you know it, it was it was really hard to think after they went to Cameron Indoor Stadium and beat Duke. Well, you, you ain't gonna be able to top that. That that's about as good as a win as you could get. Well, then you beat the national champs in the facto of their backyard without Brady Manic on the court after blowing a twenty five point lead and then getting that game in you know into overtime, settling down, making every play you had to make to win the game in overtime. This is a team
0: that's probably as confident as they've been all season long, and, and rightfully so. I mean, they should be. That's the best tournament win that you've had since the twenty seventeen season and it's one that you can build momentum off of. This, I mean, people knew it wasn't going to be an easy game for you. There were a lot of people that were picking the upset, but, you know, they said, look, you've got to play your best game to get it done. And Carolina did not play their best game, especially after Brady Manic left the game. And yet they're still here. So this feels like another one of those games where you got to play one of your best mm-hmm. games of the season if you want to advance on. And you kind of wonder: Is this? Does this kind of just set up perfect for Carolina? Because look, they've had six days off in between games, so this will be a team that's that's probably playing at one of its best levels this season in terms of stamina. Uh, you got a little more depth. You had no choice but to find it, but now I think you can lean on Dontre Styles uh, and, and Puff Johnson, and maybe even Justin McCoy if you need him in a tight situation. Just can, Again, getting him down the ball. So yeah, I mean, but but he's shown that I mean, he can give you some minutes out there on the floor so your depth has expanded here. That's why I feel like this is the perfect scenario to catch this UCLA team. I would be more afraid of the outcome if this was the Elite 8 game cuz I feel like that quick turnaround against this type of team would be really really tough on this team, but I feel like with the extra time that they had off, yeah, there, there's probably a little bit of confidence that's going on too, but the biggest thing for me is the rest factor. I think that really helps them in this game. And when you combine those two, it gives Carolina a really good chance to move on to the Elite Eight, I feel like. You know, so many
1: people think in the, in the NCAA tournament, when you get hot, oh, you don't need to take a week off. That's true for a mid-major. For St. Peter's, the worst thing for them is that they had a week off because you're the talk of the country. Teams can, can further scout you and everything like that. It's not the same for Carolina, and not because they're Carolina and they're not a mid-major, but look at how much they count on their starters to play. You're at the point now where, yeah, he, he's using Dontrez and Puff and even Puff and, and even Justin McCoy a little bit. Those Your starters are still going to play 36 to 38 minutes. R.J. Davis played the whole entire game the other day. full 45 minutes of an NCAA tournament game. With everything, with your season on the line, with everything, with all the emotions that went into that, they're the Iron Five. So this is a team that, yes, it's they're they're hot, they're playing as well as any team in the country, as confident as any team in the country, but they they have to do it in spurts. They have to play two games in forty eight hours, take five days off, and get and regroup. And I, I think the best thing that they've done, and, and, and even if and, and even if they lose, I don't think this was the, the wrong decision. I thought coming back. And letting the players just soak it all in. I thought that the fans greeting the the, fan, the the team at the Smith Center, awesome. Sending the team off, awesome. I think that's really important for this team because look how good they were at home. They only had the two losses. We're not going to talk about them. But letting them enjoy the moments that, they, that, they're, that they're creating. Because what did we hear all offseason from Hubert Davis? We want them to create their own memories and their own stories and their own testimonies they've given two of the best stories and testimonies in recent memory in the last month because they went to Cameron and they spoiled Coach K's return. You took down a number 1 seed in their backyard. And so allowing them to enjoy that, process that, and then get back to work, get back to work on Monday, then start to prepare, I thought that was the right decision. They flew out last night, so they're already up in Philadelphia getting ready for Friday night's matchup with – with with UCLA, so I, I I think that's the 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 veteran the, the the experience of Huber Davis of sitting beside Roy Williams for nine years. I think that's showing because he's not letting his team get too caught up in the moment. He's letting his team enjoy the moment. We we're Tar Heel fans. The most runs that the most fun we've ever had in tournament runs were kind of the most unexpected ones. 16 even as a one seed. A little unexpected. Mm -hmm. 17, even though it was a one seed, kind of somewhat unexpected. This year as an eight seed, very unexpected because you didn't didn't see, you could see the path, but it wasn't as clear as it maybe would have been, you know, if you were a six seed
0: or a five seed or something like that. You were an eight seed that a couple of weeks prior you were saying, we probably are not making the NCAA tournament. That's yeah. the thing. And that, and that's really, when you talk about tournament runs, you're also talking about runs that start in late March, or, or late March, excuse me, late February, and usually extend into March, which was what happened in 16. That was yeah. a team that they won. The reason they got a one seed was because they won the ACC tournament. They don't win the ACC tournament. They don't have a one seed. So th- that was what was so great. And this is the same Type of feel with this team Yeah, they didn't win the ACC tournament um, But with the way that they They are built with the Iron Five And these dudes that are playing 30-35 minutes a game Yeah, they weren't really built to do that um, they're, built, they're built for this You're right The way that this is set up Where you play two games You get five or six days off in between And then you play another two games Is perfect for this team Because it gives them the rest in between I th- I think you're right as well. I think this is a team that has really enjoyed those types of moments of being able to soak up the enjoyment of the fans and everything like that. And I, I think, you know, yeah, of course they want to be around the fans because more than any other team in the past, remember that this team was completely cut off from the fans for almost two years. Yep. So for them to be able to enjoy these moments and for Hubert to sort of let that be a part of what's going on, um, I think is 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 smart, and yeah, we'll 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 see how it how it works out. But I, I feel I feel pretty confident with where Carolina's at headspace wise going into this game because I think when they've been at their best, it's when they've been confident. This is not a team that has played well under pressure. And here's the thing: right now, there's no pressure on. You. No, they're playing with house money. I mean, nobody really. A lot of people were. Saying that they thought they could see the upset against Baylor, there were still a majority of people that did not pick that upset against Baylor. Including so most myself. most people didn't see you getting this far. You've got nothing to lose. Throw caution to the wind, and let's see how far we can take this thing.
1: We talked about that run to the sixteen final four, Carolina's regional, Philadelphia. This weekend's regional, Philadelphia. So um, usually Carolina runs to the national title or the final four. They all kind of have symmetry. Um, Whether well, it was from Dean Smith winning both of his titles in New Orleans, you look at Carolina under Roy Williams. You had to win the Maui Invitational for 1,000 point scores X, Y, and Z. We don't we don't have that trend under Hubert Davis, but this could be something we could look back to down the road and see. Well, when they go here, here, and here, usually they they fare well in the NCAA tournament. So we're gonna take a quick break. We're going to play you this week's ad from DraftKings, and then when we come back, we're going to break down the Jaime Jaquez injury for UCLA, what that means for this game, and then give our keys to the game before we get out of this edition of the Four Corners Podcast.
0: As if the McCrispie couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispie, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. ba da College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your favorite team's victory into your own big win, and we mean the Tar Heels. Bet on the heels to get it done, guys. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win, the Tar Heels, and get $200 in free bets if they do so. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three pointers. Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus, restrictions apply, see show notes for details. Really hope you guys are taking
1: great advantage of all these great offers I've been giving you on the four corner side of things. St. for Anthony over there on the heel tough blog podcast side of things. We mentioned Jaime Jaquez's injury, it was a brittle one. He suffered it late in the second half against St. Mary's. And um, as of right now, his status for UCLA is up in the air. And if he's on the court, it's a lot tougher for Carolina to guard. And, and and he he will pose a problem for Carolina uh, when Carolina's on office because he's a really good versatile defender. If he if he's not on the court, well now they're 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 without their glue guy. As Ian Eagle, who joined the Mac Attack here on Sports Radio FNZ in Charlotte, joined this morning to talk about what he means to this UCLA team as he's seen them up close and personal over the last two years.
0: He's a glue guy for them. Uh, I had them in the tournament last year, and without Jaime Hacces, they are not in. The Final Four, that that run that they made, Zhang was tremendous. He was their best player, but but Jaquez was a guy that made a bunch of winning plays. This year, he's taken another step. He's an inside-outside threat. Uh, I think they lean on his leadership and his dependability. It's huge. It, it's a big deal.
1: You know, it's it's really not fair to to put a lot of pressure on a guy or, or two guys in the in in, in the NCAA tournament. But that's that's kind of how it goes where usually pressure falls on one or two players' shoulder and you know for Carolina it's it's usually the guards and then someone in the front court and for UCLA it's it is it is Hakez even though he's not their leading scorer um he is as I-Eagle just told you he is their glue guy he's the guy that holds them together and um, When he plays at a really high level like he did last year during the run to the Final Four, well, they made the Final Four. When they when he's been able to be on the court this year and he's been healthy enough to play, they look like a team that's capable of getting back to the Final Four and winning a national championship. How does his potential absence or potential ability to be on the court affect the way Carolina could and should go about prepping for the
0: Bruins. I mean, look, he's their second leading scorer, so clearly there's there's an effect there. I mean, he's, you know, he rebounds the ball well. He's probably their most complete player. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be an impact. I think the thing that you kind of wonder about from their standpoint is is this the type of team that is built a certain way where if you lose one piece, that kind of Puts everything else off. I mean, look, they they found a way to advance without him, mm-hmm. but it's it, it is one of those things where you kind of wonder how good how well do things flow without him on the floor? You know, for, from a Carolina standpoint. I mean, look, you're never wishing for an injury or anything like that. But look, no, if if he can't play in this game, Carolina fans are not going to complain you know carolina has had their fair share of injuries during tournament runs as well so you know it'll it'll probably help a little bit but yeah i mean it's it's a big factor in this game And you you, you can't let anybody tell you otherwise. I still think there will be people that even if he is declared out, which I believe at this point from what has been said, he is as questionable as questionable gets. This guy will go through warm-ups and they will see whether or not he can play in this game. They are not going to tip their hand. um, And I wouldn't expect them to. But... Well, if he is unable to play in this game, there will still be a lot of people that are going to pick UCLA. Um, either way, Carolina's got to be ready to attack because this is still a team, even if he's out of the lineup, they have veteran guys off the bench that can fill in for him. So it's it, there's still experience there. That's what Carolina's got to be prepared for. But, yeah, there's no denying that with what he's done this season, with what he did for them during their run last season, he's he's a big part of, of the recipe for them and it is going to be impactful I mean look Carolina saw you know a guy that we've been extremely critical of at times Caleb Love leaves the game because of foul trouble look at how much that changed what Carolina did yeah Jaime Jaquez in terms of his statistics rather comparable to what Caleb Love did we'll see what type of impact that has
1: Let's get into our keys to the game for Carolina, and I, the the first key I think is what ultimately will determine who wins or loses the ball game.
0: I think it's the tempo. Oh, there we go. You probably should have put that at the end, then. oh no. If you no. think that's what determines what wins and no. loses the game, we we
1: start off with the with the big with the big punches over here. I think if Carolina has the game at their pace, I think Carolina wins. I think if the game is played to the way that UCLA wants to play it, which is a grinded out. Not not Virginia esque, but they are not. They're not going to be afraid to drain the shot clock and make it a half court game. I think that game favors more to more to UCLA. Here's the good news: in 50 minutes that Carolina's played, no, 20, 40, here we go, 60, here we go. This is what the people tune in for. Of the 85 minutes, Carolina's played 85 tournament minutes so far. 70 of those minutes.
0: They <laughs> I can't believe it took you that long to add it. There's 40 minutes yeah, in regulation was, in each game. You go 40-45. They've played 85 tournament minutes so far.
1: Right. 70 of those 85 minutes, they've made the opponent play the way they want to play. Marquette and the first 30 minutes of Baylor. So when Carolina's playing to their level, you just made a number 1 seed You had a number
0: 1 seed down 25. Well, and let's be honest, those last 10 minutes of the game for Baylor wasn't really even played the way that Baylor wants to play. That's not typical of the way Baylor plays. They're not a team that presses you for 10 minutes straight. That was them being forced into that situation and you crumbling under something that they, frankly, were probably trying for the first time in a game this season. So, even still... You haven't faced a team that's been able to put you into what they want to do. Hopefully, this isn't that game. But, yeah, there's there's concern here because you look at the defensive numbers. I mean, this team's allowing 64.5 points per game this season. So, they're incredibly efficient on the defensive end. They limit possessions. And what do they do better than any of the teams that Carolina's played that limited possessions this year They score the ball a heck of a lot better yeah. Than Virginia or Virginia Tech Who wanted to do that to you So it's you've seen stuff like this before But at the same time You haven't seen a team that on the other end If you don't value your possessions They are going to make you pay And they're going to make you pay often Yeah,
1: I think that's what I was going to say Is that I'm I'm more comfortable playing At a slower pace than I have been in years past um, Because we've seen this team blow out Virginia in that style. They've beaten Virginia Tech twice in that style. But UCLA's better than both of those teams because, well, they're still playing basketball and those two teams aren't, so... I do think though that if Carolina can get the tempo where they want it, and we play the, we make them play to our, our our way of basketball, I think that favors Carolina as they try to advance to the Elite Eight. The second key to the game is is for Carolina to dominate the paint and um, UCLA. UCLA has talent. Cody Riley is a six nine big man who's a senior who's been around uh, the block or two. Um, seven points. Four rebounds per game, and then you got Miles Johnson off the bench who's 6'11. That's their size. That's it. So they have two guys that, that they're gonna throw at Armando Baycott and Brady Manic. And um, I I think Carolina's poised to play inside out and 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 win that way. Um, that's how they blew out Marquette. Even though they made 13 three pointers, what happened? You put the ball inside, they couldn't stop the the ball getting from the painted area, you get open three point shots. You built a 25-point lead against Baylor. Yes, R.J. Davis and Brady Manek were hot, but you were getting the ball to the to the lane and, and and finishing around the basket. UCLA doesn't have the size to compete with Carolina on the interior. They've got the length on the wings to maybe stop you from getting the ball in there because they're so damn long. But I, I still think if Carolina commits to playing inside out and allowing their perimeter offense to be to, to come off what they do on the interior with Armando Baycott, I think it's going to be their best way to attack and, and the best way to exploit what's a very stingy UCLA defense.
0: Yeah, there's no denying that this is a team that doesn't have the size inside. and But, but look, Baylor didn't either. Um, and this is a team that's built somewhat similarly in the fact that they are going to rely heavily on their guards um, to get the job done both on the offensive and the defensive end. Uh, Defensively, yeah, they're going to want to stop the dribble drive and force Carolina to stand behind the arc and knock down a bunch of shots from the outside. But, yeah, you've got to be able to get the ball inside. And, look, everybody thinks when we say, hey, get the ball inside, that means, well, you're trying to get it into Armando Baycott, occasionally Brady Manick. Yeah, to a certain extent – but you want to see R.J. Davis mainly being the one that's aggressive mm-hmm. driving the basket because that's when he's been at his best. That's where he was at his best this past weekend against Baylor. And you want to see that again because that's going to allow you to open up some easier looks from the outside. Um, and 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 I think that's that's got to be one of the main focuses because we, we've talked about that so much, is that when Carolina can drive the basket on teams – it has been extremely difficult for them to stop what Carolina does. The ball movement usually is a heck of a lot better during that time as well, and we've seen that so far in the tournament. This is the best that was the best game, you know, consecutively that I think Carolina's moved the basketball. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if that can keep up here, but in order to do that, you've got to be able to get the ball inside. Hopefully they're able to do it, and and yeah, with the lack of size that they have inside, if you can get there, you're going to have a really good chance to finish at the rim.
1: The last key for Carolina is they still got to continue to make perimeter shots. It's even more imperative now that they they continue to shoot well from behind the three-point line. They made 13 against Marquette. They made 11 against Baylor. I don't know if they have to get double digits. My sweet spot's been anywhere from 8 to 10 shots, but they still need to make perimeter shots in in the form of Brady Manick, RJ Davis and Caleb Love, and then whatever you get from whether it's Puff Johnson, John Dontre Styles, whoever, those are all added bonuses. Here's the thing: UCLA knows that as of the first two opponents, they're also—I don't know if they're a better defensive team than Baylor, but they're as quality a defensive team as Baylor was, and they've had five days to prepare for you as opposed to 36 hours. So they're gonna—they're gonna have a much more detailed scouting report. But Carolina's got to continue to make perimeter shots if they want to advance to the Elite Eight. Um, I think I think the the rest helps them because it gets it helps them get their legs back. Um, and you know because they they left Brooklyn nine of forty nine in two games where they come out hot down in Fort Worth. We we, we attested that to 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 dead legs so. I think if Carolina continue to, continues to make three-point shots, eight to ten, they're going to put themselves to have a good chance to, to advance to the, to the Elite Eight.
0: Yeah, it's just you have put yourself at a position now with the way that you're running your offense where perimeter jump shots are important to the success of your offense. And we, ju- I just talked about earlier how this is a team in UCLA that likes to limit possessions, but they are very efficient to where they're still scoring 75 points a mm-hmm. game. So... You've got to be able to put up points at a pretty high rate in this game if you want to win. And when Carolina's done that, they have been able to knock down shots from the outside. And, look, I think it could go one of two ways. Carolina could come out and, you know, with them coming off of the street, the six days that they've had off, they could shoot lights out. And there's a chance that you could probably have one, if not both, of Caleb Love or R.J. Davis go off. But there's also a pretty good chance that one of those guys is going to step up. You would probably imagine in the game that we've been seeing all year of back and forth. That means it's Caleb Love's chance to step up, and you're hoping Brady Manning continues to shoot well from beyond the arc. And I think that's just that's an element to this offense right now. These guys are in a rhythm. Uh, I think that the confidence is a big part of that, and. You know, I I think I feel confident that Carolina will be able to knock down some shots in this game from the outside. But, yeah, at this point, I just don't think that in the tournament, especially where, as you've said before, guard play is so big, I don't think there's a way that you can win this game by just going through Armando Baycott. You've got to have the guys on the outside knock down some clutch shots for you when it matters, especially against a team as good as UCLA.
1: Carolina enters with just a 28.4% chance to win the game according to ESPN's College Basketball Power Index. During the offseason, I thought this team was more than capable of making the Final Four. Then, in about the middle of January into February, we didn't know if this team was going to make the NCAA Tournament. Then they get into the tournament, and I thought their ceiling was the round of 32, so all that to be said, I don't know a whole lot about anything. But I do know that Carolina is as confident as any team in the country. They're as hot as any team in the country. Um, but this is going to be a different test because you're facing a, a team that that is is on a di- is 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 on the same mission with different guys because they return everybody back from a magical run they had last year. You're kind of this year's version of UCLA, what was last year? Uh, a, a a blue blood A blue blood program that's making a miraculous run that no one expected in March Madness. But I don't think Carolina's done. I, I think this is a team that they found their competitive spirit, they found a competitive fire where they're not ready to be done playing. I think Brady Manning's ejection fueled this team even more because they didn't want that to be the way his season or his career came to an end. Last weekend down in Fort Worth against Baylor, I think they've got a, a, you know another chapter of, of, of a story to write. I think I think they pulled the quote unquote upset
0: on Friday night. and They advanced to the lead Eight on Sunday. Well, as many people that listen to this podcast know, you are playing with house money because you did not pick them to advance past the round of 32. Shame on you. I, on the other hand, picked this team to go to the Elite Eight against this UCLA team, and I'm sticking with it. I think that the confidence that this team's playing with right now will combine with the fact, like I said earlier, that. This team had the rest coming into this game. I think that bodes very, very well for Carolina. Um, I think, you know, we've we've seen it at times. You saw it at times against Baylor, which I think was a question. Carolina was able to get out and run. They Mm -hmm. had moments where they were able to push their pace. And, and again, I think you've got to be strategic with it. I don't think it's something that you want to try to do each and every time down the floor because I I think this team can still get out of hand at times. But I think – that 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 you'll see more of that in this game against a team that wants to control it with a slow paced game. And, you know, I, I just there's something about this Carolina team right now in terms of the leadership um, and the belief that that they can get this done Uh, and and I think like you said yeah this this feels like UCLA last year for for Carolina it's it's a very similar type of team I think Caleb Love is probably the guy that you look to to step up in this game here but I wouldn't be shocked if R.J. Davis plays well in this one too because remember he's a guy that stepped up in the biggest moments so far of the season for Carolina Um, I expect them to play well enough in this game I think they'll uh, find a way to advance on it. Again, it's all about survive and advance in the NCAA tournament. I think Carolina gets the win uh, 83-75 to over UCLA.
1: There you go, guys. Both Anthony and myself predicting a Carolina win on Friday. Now you can catch that game roughly around 940 over on CBS. Well, this is going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast, but before we let you go, I do encourage you guys to get over to the website, HealToughBlog.com, for the latest on Carolina's run through the NCAA tournament, the latest on spring football for Carolina, also some Transfer Portal news up on the website as well. As for the podcast, you know where to find us, every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we'll pop up. You can like the pod, review the pod, but most importantly, we do encourage you guys, hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss a, another edition of the podcast for the remainder of the season. What well, is going to wrap up this edition of the pod? I do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels.